talk this morning about the good news of Hosanna, the good news of Hosanna. We have been working our way through the Gospel of Luke, and we are in week 58 through the Gospel of Luke. Now we're backing up a little bit to look at Palm Sunday. And so if you've got your Bible, uh, go ahead and open up to Luke, to Luke chapter 19. Uh, open up your Bible. It'll also be up on the screen here. But it is, of course, we've been talking about this already. It's Palm Sunday. It is the entrance of Jesus into Jerusalem on this holy week. During this week, Jesus would celebrate Passover. Jesus would be crucified. Jesus would be beaten. Jesus would die. And then on Sunday of the new week, Jesus would be raised to life. It is the last week of Jesus' life before his resurrection. It's Holy Week. And it is Palm Sunday today of Holy Week. So you've got your Bible, Luke chapter 19, starting at verse 28. It says this, when he had said these things, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples and said, go into the village ahead of you. As you enter it, you will find a colt tied there on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent left and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owner said to him, why are you untying the colt? The Lord needs it, they said. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their clothes on the colt, they helped Jesus get on it. As he was going along, they were spreading their clothes on the road. Now they came near the path down the Mount of Olives, and the whole crowd of disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees from the crowd told them, told him, teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I will tell you, if they were to keep silent, the stones would cry out. And as he approached, he saw the city. He wept for it, saying, If you knew this day what will bring peace, but now it's hidden from your eyes. For the days will come on you when your enemies will build a, build a barricade around you, surround you, and hem you in on every side. They will crush you and your children among you to the ground, and they will not leave one stone on another in your midst, because you did not recognize the time when God visited you. And he went into the temple and began to throw out those who were selling. And he said, It is written, My house will be a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. And every day he was teaching in the temple. The chief priests, the scribes, and the leaders of the people were looking for a way to kill him. But they could not find a way to do it because all the people were captivated by what they heard. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless your word today, that you would meet your people here through your word, that you were to, your word would accomplish everything you intend your word to accomplish today. In Jesus' name, amen. I want us to quickly look at Matthew's account of this event. So Matthew chapter 21, starting in verse 1, it says, When they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus then sent two disciples, telling them, Go into the village ahead of you. At once you'll find a donkey tied there with her colt. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say the Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place, this is important, this took place so that what was spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. Tell daughter Zion, see, your king is coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus directed them, and they brought the donkey and the colt, and they laid their clothes on them and sat on them, and a very large crowd spread their clothes on the road. Others were cut. 
branches from the palm trees, spreading them on the road, and then the crowds went on ahead of him, and those who followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in an uproar, saying, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet, Jesus, from Nazareth in Galilee. Some things I want to point out to you this morning real quick is these cloaks, that they would take their garments, they would take their cloaks, and they would lay them on the ground. This was to symbolize their, the crowd's submission to Jesus. It was a recognition of the authority and the power of Jesus. It was a, it was a mark of their humility and their, their glorification of Jesus. We do something similar today when, when celebrities or, or there's a big party, a big event, and what do they do? They roll out what? The red carpet. They roll out the red carpet and this person who is, who is to be honored is able to walk on the red carpet and they are shown honor and they are showing, shown, shown celebration and dignity, and that is what is happening in this moment. They're laying their garments down so that Jesus can walk in on these garments as an act of as an act of worship, as an act of submission. And then they would take these branches from these palm trees, and these palm trees would symbolize the, they were sort of the symbol of, of, of Jerusalem and of Israel. They would they symbolized victory, and so they would take these palm trees. They would say, "This is victory. There is victory here. There is victory. We have won." It was a, it was a wave offering and a celebration of victory for Israel. That it was connected with this prominent Jewish victories. It was seen in synagogue decoration and on Jewish coinage. This palm tree, and then we see that they would cry out, "Hosanna!" Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna means save us. Save us. Save us. So as Jesus walked in, they or, or rode in on the, on the donkey, they laid their cloaks and their garments down to symbolize his, his honor. They waved the palm branches to symbolize victory for the kingdom and his, and his kingdom. And they shouted Hosanna, which was recognizing that he would be their savior. He was the king. He was their victory. He was their savior. All this is tied up in Palm Sunday. All this is tied up in this event on this Sunday morning. Matthew explains why Jesus needed the donkey and the, uh, the colt in Verse 4 of Matthew 21 says, This took place to, so that what was spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. Tell the daughter of Zion, see your king is coming, gentle and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. See what Jesus does here, this Hosanna, this Hosanna king fulfills the prophets. Not only is he, not only is he the the one that they honor. Not only is he the the king of Israel. Not only is he not only is he the savior, but the reason he is this is because he is the fulfillment. This Hosanna king. This Hosanna king is the fulfillment of the prophets. There are two direct prophecies. 
this explanation from Matthew, and there's also an allusion to the third. I want us to take a second and look at this, how this Hosanna King fulfills the prophets. If you're taking notes, you might want to write that down. Hosanna King fulfills the prophets. The first one is in Genesis chapter 49. It says, starting at verse 8, it says, Judah, your brothers will praise you, and your hand will be on the necks of your enemies. Your father's sons will bow down to you. Judah is a young lion. My son, you return from the kill. He crouches. He lies down like a lion or a lioness. Who dares to rouse him? The scepter will not depart from Judah or the staff from between his feet until he whose right it is comes, and the obedience of the peoples belong to him. He ties his donkey to a vine. He washes his clothes in wine and his robes in the blood of grapes. His eyes are darker than wine and his teeth are whiter than milk. Zebulun will live by the seashore and will be a harbor for ships. And his territory will be next to Sidon. See, there's a prophecy even in Genesis of a king who's going to come from Judah. From Judah's tribe, from Judah's family, a king, a, a lion. This promised king that would come will be known as the Lion of Judah. This lion of this tribe who would rule and who would reign. There's also a prophecy in Isaiah chapter 62 that Matthew alludes to. Starting at verse 10. Go out, go out through the city gates, prepare a way for the people, build it up. Build up the highway, clear away the stones, raise a banner for the peoples the Lord has proclaimed to the ends of the earth. Say to the daughter Zion, look, your salvation is coming. His wages are with him and his reward accompanies him. And they will be called the holy people, the Lord's redeemed, and you will be called cared for. Listen, a city not deserted, ESV translation says, a city not forsaken. He says, say to the daughter of Zion, salvation comes. This is quoted by Matthew when he records this this entrance of Jesus, this triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. He quotes these people taking this from Isaiah and applying it to Jesus that he is the salvation that is coming. He is the one who will not forsake his people. We are a city not forsaken, a city not deserted because Christ fills the people and Christ fills the kingdom and Christ fills the city. A promised king that will make his people holy. That's Jesus. He will redeem the nations. He will establish a new nation. This king will seek out out a people for his own. The people will clear out a path as he comes. He says, tell the whole world the king is coming. It alludes to Zechariah chapter 9. This is a powerful passage. Rejoice greatly. They quote this exactly in the passage that we read in Matthew. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout in triumph, daughter Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous, victorious, humble, and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the house 
from Jerusalem, the horse from Jerusalem, the bow of war. This is important. I'll cut off the horse from Jerusalem, the bow of war will be removed. And he will proclaim peace to the nations. His dominion will extend from sea to sea, from the Euphrates River to the ends of the earth. As for you, because of the blood of your covenant, I will release your prisoners. Can somebody say amen? From the waterless cistern, return to a stronghold. Your, your prisoners who have hope, today I declare that I will restore double to you. For I will bend Judah as my bow, and I will fill the bow with Ephraim. I will rouse your son Zion against your son's Greece. I will make you like a warrior's sword. Then the Lord will appear over them, and his arrows will fly like lightning. The Lord God will sound the ram's horn and advance with the southern storms. The Lord of armies will defend them. They will consume and conquer with sling stones, and they will drink and be rowdy as with, with wine. And they will be as full as with the sprinkling basin. Like those at the corners of the altar, the Lord their God will save them on their day as the flock of his people. For they are like jewels in a crown, sparkling over his land. How lovely and beautiful. Grain will yet make the young men flourish and new wine the young women. Listen, this coming king, this coming king is a promised king. He's a lion from the tribe of Judah. He is a king who is going to ride on a colt. He is humble. He is bringing salvation. He is a king who's going to unite the nations, all of the people groups, all the ethnicities, all of the nations will be united under the king, a king who delivers the prisoner because of his covenantial blood. This king will deliver because of the covenant in his blood. This blood covenant refers to the sacrificial system. In the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, a lamb would be sacrificed to cover the sins of the nation of Israel. Sin would take life. Sin kills. Sin destroys. So God would establish a new covenant in order to cover sin. This lamb would be would stand in for the people. But this prophecy says that because of the blood of the new covenant, because of the blood of the covenantial king, God would deliver and save a people. Palm Sunday is about the coming of the covenantial king who would save his people, who would deliver his people, that those who have been in darkness, that those who have been bound, that those who have been far off would find forgiveness, would find hope, would be brought near, would become the people of God, would not be forsaken because of the covenantial king. Our God is a saving king. He is the Hosanna king. He is the one we exalt this morning. Jesus, as he rides in on that colt, he is saying, the prophecy in Zechariah, that's about me. I am this covenantial king. I am this Hosanna king. Jesus was specific about the donkey because he wanted everyone who saw him to immediately recognize what he was doing. See, they knew. It was part of their, their heritage. It was part of their, their life. They were taught these prophets. They were taught these prophecies. They were told and told and told about this king who would come. And when Jesus takes the colt and he rides in on Jerusalem, it is immediately recognizable. Jesus is saying he's the Savior King. He was this living interpretation of Genesis.
Genesis 49 and of Isaiah 62 and of Zechariah chapter 9. He is this living interpretation, this fulfillment in the flesh. Jesus is an intentional witness to the scriptures. Jesus is an intentional prophet to the people. Jesus is an intentionally evangelist to the nation. Jesus was an intentional king for all the nations to come and worship him and live with him. Jesus was intentional in proving himself
slide for this. I know many of us have been here. Follow along. His kingdom isn't determined by worldly systems. His kingdom isn't determined by worldly systems. His kingdom isn't determined by worldly systems. What happens in this world doesn't doesn't determine if he's the king or if he's or if he's off the throne. He is his kingdom is eternal. It's established. It is forever and ever. His kingdom isn't determined by us. We don't vote him in and we can't vote him out. He is the eternal king of kings and lord of lords. His kingdom is not like us. And listen, his kingdom isn't dependent on worldly systems. He doesn't he doesn't fight like we fight. He doesn't rule like we rule. His kingdom isn't dependent on this worldly system. This world can be shaken. This world can be can be broken. And it's not going to matter because his, this kingdom isn't directed by worldly systems. So if this kingdom, if this world is shaken, and it will be, if these kingdoms are shaken and broken, that doesn't mean that his kingdom is shaken and broken. His kingdom is eternal and cannot be shaken, cannot be broken. So we rest in his kingdom. His kingdom is not directed or dependent on this world. His kingdom isn't directed by worldly systems. But listen to this. This is important too. His kingdom isn't disinterested systems his kingdom isn't disinterested in worldly systems it means this it means the kingdom of God and of his Christ seeks to be involved in our hearts so that we can affect the world around us for the glory of God and his Christ his kingdom isn't disinterested in worldly systems his kingdom even though it is not of it seeks to restore this world back to the original intent of the garden. So his kingdom isn't disinterested. His kingdom is actually very much interested in restoring and redeeming and resurrecting Hosanna kings, the covenantal king who 
saves. You are the Hosanna Man. And so God, we cry out to you, blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. 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 Save us, God. Save us, Lord. Save us. Save us. Save us. Is not this interesting? disinterested in you, he's very much interested. That's why he came. He's not disinterested in you. He loves you. testimony of what he does and a testimony of why he came. And if you need prayer this morning for any reason, you're welcome to come and we'll pray for you and confess him this morning.
worship you today and we thank you that you are our Savior, Hosanna, King. We give you glory and honor and praise. And the church said, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this house. Amen. 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 You be seated for just a moment. Pastor Jared's going to come and dismiss us with some with some announcements and in our, in our committal this morning. But it's so good to have the newest member of our church here this morning. Precious Riley, right? I am very tired. I got four hours of sleep last night. Got home at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I know. I was out clubbing. I was not. I was driving home from Lee University, working with Ellison, taking Ellison to Lee to register for classes and uh, and uh, get financial aid. Yes, amen financial aid. So that's where we work. Uh, Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday has been a busy week, weekend, and I've got home at 2 o'clock this morning. Got up at 6.30 this morning, and it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a great day. Amen. Amen. So Ryder, not Riley, he's not even a girl. Um, but Ryder, we're so glad to have, uh, have, have this family and, and this precious new baby. And um, I'm sure that she wants everybody to kiss it on the forehead right now. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Sanitize your hands and then don't touch it. It's so good to see you guys this morning. We're so glad that you made it home. 